Good evening, all you rebels and miscreants, and welcome to Season 5, Episode 2 of Demented and Unusual. So, we suck. Very well, then, my dad. Uh, a lot, is what I was going to say. Well, yes, that too. And not in that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we apologize for, you know, the month-long gap in episodes. Um, you know, life, procrastination. ADHD. Depression. Bipolar. Yay. So, yeah. We suck. We acknowledge that we suck. We will try to suck less in the future. Also, we will be um, doing every other week instead of weekly. And not monthly anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Fingers crossed. So, today we're doing uh, the People's Temple. Um, they're known for the Jonestown mass murder suicide thing that exceeds 900 people. And unfortunately, 300 of those people were 17 and under. And this happened on November 18th, 1978. So Jim Jones was the leader. Um, tell you a little bit of background about him briefly because, you know, he's not worth much more time than that. He had a rough childhood growing up. Um, Who didn't? He grew up very poor. His parents weren't around very much. Who didn't? There we go. <laughs> um, and he... Bless you. <laughs> that was adorable. Okay. Um, a lot of people that knew his mother said that she really had no maternal instinct whatsoever. Um, and Jones himself said of his childhood, I was ready to kill by the end of the third grade. I mean, I was so aggressive and hostile... I was ready to kill. Nobody gave me love or any understanding. Um, and I also thought this was pretty cool. When he was young, he was he often greeted friends and neighbors by saying, Good morning, you son of a bitch. Or, hello, you dirty bastard. Sounds about the way I greet people. <laughs> yeah. So he first opened the church in Indianapolis in the mid-50s, despite having no theological training whatsoever. And it's kind of weird because just a few years earlier, he was a member of the Communist Party. So it's kind of weird from going to like, hey, I'm a Communist Party to I'm going to open my own church. Yeah, that's a pretty big jump. But I mean, I guess I guess kind of not because I mean, I'm sure communists have religion. Yeah, it's just, you know, weird. Yeah, like him, but you know. (laughs) So his congregation was known for being racially integrated, which was pretty hard to come by at the time, you know. Typically in those days and ages, those days and ages. Yeah, those days. Mm. <laughs> People just kind of kept to their own like racial pool. Um, I don't know where I'm coming up with these things, so I'm just going to pass this on to you. <laughs> in 1960, the People's Temple was affiliated with the Protestant church group Disciples of Christ. And by 1964, he became ordained in that church. He and his wife incorporated the People's Temple in California and settled in Yukia in the mid-60s. Not sure if I'm saying that right, but that's my best guess. Yukia. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's how Jim Jones would have said it if he were alive. At this time, they had about 100 followers, and they believed um, that moving would protect them from the nuclear nuclear. Nuclear <laughs> Holocaust. Nuclear. <laughs> in 1970, he started holding services in San Francisco. And for two years, 
<laughs> and two years later, he also started holding services in Los Angeles. <clears throat> I'm doing like that Italian hand thing, you know, yeah, like she's talking and she's like a few bit of papa with her hand. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> He made friends with high-powered people and became pretty well respect- respected in his, you know, little community. He would put on displays of mind reading and faith healing and accrued a following in the thousands. So basically this like big, you know, show of religion and and things like that basically got people to to follow him. Despite regularly beating, humiliating, blackmailing and brainwashing his followers, the People's Temple was very active in humanitarian causes. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> Most of his followers were African American, and he managed to convince them, as well as other minority members, that if they left the People's Temple, that they'd be placed into government-run concentration camps. That's just about the wildest <laughs> fucking thing. Yeah. So not only did he use, like, the big, like, the showmanship and everything, but he also used, like, the mind games to follow like to bring in followers yeah and the fear mongering and all of that like he really just kind of hit them from all angles really oh (laughs) shut up he kept family members apart and um basically insisted that they pretty much like snitch on each other and i guess that was a way for them to prove their loyalty um, sometime in 1973 or 74, he began building a compound in Jonestown, Guyana. Guyana? I looked it up, and I don't remember, so that's my best guess. <laughs> <laughs> in 1977, he, as well as a few hundred followers, moved to the compound after the press began asking too many questions about the logistics of People's Temple. So they kind of wanted to know what they stood for, what they did, why they did it, how they did it. And he was just like, whoa. (laughs) So not long after this move, um, some rumors began to come about, began to flourish. Flourish. (laughs) Flourish. Flourish the toilet. (laughs) It was uh, being said that members were being held against their will and that some members were even being abused physically, psychologically. I worded it different and said it different, so just sorry. Deal with it. November 14th, 1978, U.S. Congressman Leo Ryan arrived in Georgetown, Guyana to begin an investigation. On November 17th, he arrived in Jonestown and found that several people wanted to return home with him. So he had everything set to leave the next day, and some of the members actually attacked the truck that he was in. Uh, He managed to escape uninjured, but that wasn't the end of the attacks. They then attacked Ryan and his company again at the airstrip. Eleven were wounded and five were shot and killed, one of which was Congressman Leo Ryan. Once this happened, Jim Jones Jones gave radio orders for any Temple members outside of the compound to go ahead and just unalive yourself. Unalive yourself. Shortly after that, he enacted his, quote, revolutionary suicide plan. He laced a fruit drink with cyanide, tranquilizers, and sedatives. Um, The first people to partake in this fruity concoction were babies and children, and he would use syringes to squirt it into their mouths. Um, Following this, he had the adults drink some, 
And shortly after that, he then shot himself. So a lot of y'all know the the saying, like, don't drink the Kool-Aid. That's where this comes from. Even though they used Flavor-Aid because they were cheap fucks who couldn't make someone's last drink, fucking Kool-Aid. <laughs> so less than 100 members survived, and it was later discovered that they had a bunch of hidden weapons, uh, hundreds of passports, and about $500,000 in cash. Yeah. Yeah. They had already deposited millions in overseas bank accounts, but by the end of the 1978 year, <laughs> by the end of 1978, the People's Temple declared bankruptcy and disbanded. A member by the name of Larry Layton was tried in the United States for the attacks on November 18th, and he was found guilty of conspiracy and aiding and abetting in Ryan's murder as well as attempted murder of U.S. Embassy Officer Richard Dwyer. He was sentenced to life in prison, but was released in 2002. Another member by the name of Charles Bakeman um, pleaded guilty for attempted murder of a child and served five years in Guyana. That's crazy. Yes. So there you have it. Jim Jones and the People's Temple. Don't drink the Kool-Aid.